In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 37. Andrew and Jerry say... Good night! Good night, Good night everyone. Good night, everybody. Um, I am Andrew Langer. I have 60 seconds to respond. Yes. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night, I'm everybody. Jerry Rogers. Um, it's it we we are we are very excited to, to talk we about have, this. Obviously. We have to we have some breaking news, Andrew. Okay. And that is we've discovered that Fetterman, John Fetterman, yes, is actually a uh, a rebuilt man uh, and a guy named fetter built him fetterman and so he's now fetterman and if, you know we, can find, if we can find mr fetter you know we might be able to put him back together it's again. funny you say that because that does sound like something out of a science fiction film because yes. you would have that you would have that they would call the the new robot they would call him john john <laughs> fetterman john fetterman um you know and, and that's i'm glad we're talking we're talking about this now obviously Jerry, let me let me actually start here, which is a conversation I had last night. Um, you know, obviously the trolls are out there. And I had somebody where? respond. Under the bridge? What was that? I said, where? Under the bridge? Under the bridge, yes, collecting tolls. I had somebody respond to my tweet in which, because the other thing about that Fetterman-Oz debate that got me was that they, they continued to refer to Oz as Mr. Oz. They call me Mr. Oz. And somebody responded uh, about saying something about Oz's record as a doctor. And he's a heart surgeon. Yes, yes. Regardless, Cardi- regardless of his record. Heart surgeon. That's and, exactly and again, right. we've been conditioned uh, Dr. Jill Biden. Right. Is there a doctor in the house? Yes. Oh, there's Dr. Biden, there's the fake doctor. Yes. The fake. And well, also, I, what gets me with Jill Biden is her degree is from some second tier university. It's not like she. You know, she made some right. uh, discovery. It's her her PhDs in what? No, no, she's got a, a doctorate in education. It's not even oh, a PhD. Oh my yeah. goodness! But my, but my, remember, remember, remember. I think it was Whoopi Goldberg who said, "I wish Jill Jill Biden could be my doctor," I know, which is awesome. Insane. But my point in all of this is, someone online literally said, "Well, you know, Winston Churchill had a stroke," as though comparing. John Fetterman to Winston Churchill, which is the original title of this episode was going to be Andrew and Jerry go through the looking glass because Jerry and I have spent a lot of time over the last couple of days talking about this issue of the the surreality within which one side seems to live. Um, And as evidenced, certainly by the reactions to the debate between Fetterman and Oz and, and whether or not it's leftist outlets that completely ignore Fetterman stumbling over things and 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 just his his abysmal debate performance uh or thinking that john fetterman out and out won the debate um i mean this is so and this is this is where we are again sort of getting down to this crazy detached from reality world jerry jerry asked me the question as we were talking about this episode um what what the phrase through the looking glass means um, and it's a good question. And, and, and the answer is very simple and straightforward. It is, it is when you go through the looking class, 
you are looking at the world in a way that is surreal or otherwise detached from reality. What color are the trees in your world? Well, yes, that's that's. I mean, it's, it's yeah. bizarro world again. I understand that John Fetterman, Democrat Senate candidate in Pennsylvania. I understand he had a stroke. I understand that he has health issues. However, after the debate uh, from earlier this week, his health, his response, uh, his, as well as his positions, his, his changing positions, everything's up now. I mean, this man should not be a candidate for Senate. The Democrats could have put up someone else. For instance, Andrew, they could have put up Connor Lamb, who is a moderate yeah. Democrat, but instead they care more about power. Right. And, and for some reason they decided that Fetterman can beat Oz and what's going to happen, right? According to the real clear politics uh, projections, uh, Pennsylvania is going to be a Republican hold rather than a Democrat pickup. Well, and let's, let's, but let's, let's talk about, about this issue of, of Fetterman and, and let's, I mean, I want to start here, which is, there are many different kinds of strokes and there are many different aspects uh, and impacts that a stroke can have on somebody. So merely having a stroke is not a, a, a prima facie detriment to someone holding elective office. That's not what Jerry and I are saying at all. Um, but, you know, it, but it is a situation in which it has become readily apparent and made readily apparent by this debate performance on Tuesday night that John Fetterman's stroke, right? makes him unfit to serve. Yes, but let me but let me make this point, right? Because I've had this discussion with people in the medical world. Even if John Fetterman is able to process things in his mind properly, the fact that he can't get them out either in speaking or even on paper and we can't prove that he's, you know, th there's a story, Jerry, that came out, right? That uh, Fetterman did an interview over email. Right. And as though that's supposed to prove that he can type something out. Well, unless and until I watch John Fetterman actually type something coherent, I'm not, I'm not convinced that he has that ability to transfer whatever may be in his brain that may be real and right into something that is made manifest in the world, which means that he has an inability to actually fundamentally do his job. Um, so, it, and, and it, it gets compounded by the fact that he won't release his medical records in this kind of a circumstance. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. Look, he's unfit to serve. That's the bottom line. The Democrats could have uh, chosen someone to replace him. They did not. Uh, Oz uh, is a Dr. Oz is yeah. a uh, is a is a bad candidate himself. Right. Uh, and so this could have been a pickup for Democrats. Instead, it's going to be a Republican hold. Let me let me, let me say yeah. this much. Right. I mean, I mean, uh, to be really plain, Fetterman lost the debate. It's not that Oz won the debate. I, I, I don't think Oz's I think Oz's, Oz's debate performance was adequate. I don't think it was particularly yeah. strong. Um, I, I don't think he is a, a, you know, for all of his, uh, media background, I don't think he was a particularly polished candidate on the stump. And maybe, maybe that was part of it is that he didn't feel like he needed to better prepare for this, 
uh, debate because. Well, and again, I, I mean, one thing, if I'm staffing Dr. Oz, right. the, the, the challenge is uh, how do you make your point? How do you push your policies uh, and not seem like you're picking on uh, the disabled person? Sure. But, and, but, and again, but I want to make this clear, you know, John Fetterman is unfit to serve because of his yeah. health, but that's not why he should lose. He should lose because his ideas are wrong. Well, he's, I, I he, think he's wrong on almost every single major issue. I, but I, I think I think it's it's I think it's it's both. Right. I mean, well, yeah, obviously, yes. Yeah. I, I, but, the I thing, just... but the thing is, is that I don't want to hear from our friends on the left. Well, you know, if John Fetterman didn't have the stroke, he would have been a fantastic. No, he would not have been. A fantastic right. And this senator. and this is interesting because this gets into I don't know if you've seen any of the um, uh, any of the interviews with people in the town that he was the mayor of and uh, the, 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 the town that he uh, literally uh, uh, dis- destroyed. Yes. Yes. He uh, you, you you talk to people who were subjected to. I, you know, and I'm, listen, I'm not someone who knows enough about uh, enough about Pennsylvania politics to understand how he became lieutenant governor. I mean, that that's astounding. That's astounding enough to me as it is. Um, but the fact that that this town that he was that he was mayor of is in shambles because of yeah. the policies that he enacted. Right. Here's how that he says got, it all. Here's how he got elected. And, yeah. and, and, and we've talked about this. You know, how does. Uh, a uh, Brandon Scott in Baltimore right. get elected? How does Marilyn Mosby, state's attorney in, in in Baltimore, get elected? How does Eric Adams in New York City get elected? Uh, you know, when you're in a deep blue state, you could put up the the worst candidate and still get elected. But well, that's keeping in mind. But, was Eric? But was Eric Adams the worst candidate? I mean, Eric Adams is bad. There's no two ways about it. But was he the worst candidate among the Democrats? There were Democrats to the further, further to the left. Right, I mean, but, but that, that, that tells you the state of the Democrat Party. That's but, right. But, but with Fetterman, though, Fetterman didn't fall forward. Uh, Fetterman had this. And again, bec- again, look at him. Uh, he looks like a WWE wrestler. Uh, he looks like something out of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And he, and he has this and he dresses. You know, he, he, he'll dress in a every every man, uh, uh, every man way. He looks like every man. He looks like someone who understands uh, construction workers and uh, and oil oil uh, uh, work workers and coal miners. He looks the part. The problem is, is that uh, he might look like a coal miner. But in fact, you know, he's he, he, he his ideas, his policies are all cooked up in the faculty lounges at Harvard and Yale. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling this up. I'm going to I'm going to share this. Uh, hold on. Let me. Uh, uh, Andrew, good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Um, I'm 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 oh, here we go. I, I am pulling up because I wanted to find you. Jerry was talking about him looking and we've talked about this before. Um, Fetterman looking like a, 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 a cartoon character. Uh, this is the Marvel supervillain Kingpin. <laughs> And it looks remarkably familiar, doesn't he, Jerry? I mean, this is this yeah, is what but, we're talking about. But you get my point, though. He, I mean, he's he looks like someone uh, who uh, everyday everyday people could relate to. Well, he's supposed to, I, but I don't. You know, it's funny because I don't even think I don't even think that. I mean, I think I think you know certainly that this the sweatshirt is an affectation, right? I think if you and I started to, to well, his whole to, persona is. I mean, my I mean. I mean, look, the fact yeah. of the matter is he looks like a monster. 
<laughs> he looked, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say no. he looks like a monster. And and uh, he has this kind of he could be a meth head uh, or he could or he could be a guy who, uh, you know, is working construction. Yes. He has that kind of look. And and again, I, I, I you know, I voters are shallow. You, we, let's let, let's not romanticize the electorate. Voters are shallow. They vote for all kinds of strange reasons. Again, Westmore in, right. in Maryland is going to be elected governor because he's a kid from Baltimore who made it who made it who made it big, who lifted himself up, uh, you know, from, his, you know, by his bootstraps. It turns out he's not from Baltimore. He's a New Yorker. He's an elitist. He's rich again. But people will vote for the um. story anyway. So I think with Fetterman, the reason why he succeeded to this point is because he he. He was su- successfully able to create this everyman image. Sure. And then that sort of gets to my initial question. It's, it used to be in America that folks wanted to you know, vote for people who looked the part. You know, Ronald, not that Ronald Reagan didn't have great ideas, because of course he did, but Ronald Reagan looked presidential. George Bush looked presidential. Um, and, and so you, Michael Dukakis did not. And Michael Dukakis did not. Exactly. You know, he got up on the tank and, and that was it. People could not see him in the role of of commander in chief yeah. uh, Ross Perot. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? It's, it's out the bar now. Can Larry, I finish? Larry, the, the Republicans have put a radioactive cockroach in my basement. <laughs> I, I, but again, I, it's, it's, it's yeah. amazing to me. You know, I, uh, um, on, on my, on my WBAL radio show, I had a caller yesterday. You still have one of those, huh? I do. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, wow. amazing. Uh, folks should go. To, in fact, I'm going to do a plug. Go to WBAL's website and check out the Jerry Rogers podcast. It is the best radio you'll hear in Maryland. But that's besides I, the point. I, I'll, I'll um, agree with that. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so I had a caller last night and we we're arguing. He was he was argumentative and I was having some fun with them. Of course. At one point, at one point, he says to me, oh, may I? May I? And I <laughs> waited and he started to talk and I said, May you what? <laughs> but, but, but however, when the call was done, I, I made this point and I'll make this point to our listeners Please. here. And that is why are we arguing over politicians? They're right. beneath us. The, every single one of them, right. Republican or Democrat, they are beneath us. They are lagging indicators. And I said this last night and I'll say it again. We should stop naming bridges, courthouses, uh, uh, highways after politicians. Politicians are the problem. And, 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 and again, look at the mess we're in. It's because of Joe Biden. Again, very specifically and directly, inflation, ener- energy well, costs, border crisis, uh, foreign policy crisis, uh, uh, Ukraine, Afghanistan, what's happening in the world, China, what's happening in the world is a direct result, not because of events, uh, because of history, because of of politics or policy out of our control is because Joe Biden is is doing these things. Well, it, it, listen, I am reminded of uh, of the poem by William Butler Yeats, The Second Coming. I haven't mentioned it on the podcast in a very long. Oh, time. a good a, a good Protestant from oh, good, from good. from the Emerald Isle. Yes, um, uh, the the Second Coming, the line, the best lack all conviction, while the worst are filled with passionate intensity. Yeah, and, and and this is this is the problem of where we are is that we've created an environment. In which the 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 worst are 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 promoted, um, they're they're allowed to serve. And again, this is I'm not someone who says that that uh, Democrat I hate Democrats and Republicans or I hate both parties because I think that's nonsensical. Yeah, I had to comment on this because you and I have friends in the uh, in the punditry. 
In the pundit world, yes. In the pundit world? Yes, uh, sure. Who, who make this ridiculous, I want to prove that I am a high-minded, so therefore, uh, let me tell you how I hate both political parties yes. and how both parties are equally at fault and both parties are equally uh, extreme. No, no, not at all. It's, the it's, Democrat it's, no. Party is a lunatic fringe party. Uh, and again, my I don't want it to be. I've said this before. We, we've had these conversations. Uh, we are all better off if the Republican base, the Republican center of the party is center, center right, center, you know, center right. And yes. the Democrat base, the base of the party is and center left. And both it, are reasonable. It gets back to this, but it gets back to this myth. And it is a myth. That, that is, both is, is parties, it a myth? Is it a myth or a myth, factoid? Myth, 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 is it a myth yeah. or a factoid? It's a myth. It's a, a it's myth? A, I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. That, good, uh, night. That, good night. Good night, Andrew. Good night, good night, good night that, everyone. That, that both parties are governed by the extremes. See, the problem is that the left has become so extreme and their positions have yes. become so extreme that what is considered and what was long considered to be center-right is now because of the way the media has been co-opted and is yes. co-opted yes uh, is now defined as being an extreme position Andrew. right so so hold on for a second i, yeah. and I want to i want to i want to i want to prove this point for a moment well this is the looking glass right yes, andrew ex exactly Andrew, right. Uh, uh, joe biden talking to a tic-tac tic-tac a tic-tac tic-tac a tic-tac uh influencer uh uh, uh a man yes. dressed as a woman who just who literally just transitioned, by the way, but go ahead. A man dressed as a woman and uh, the president of the United States is taking counsel uh, from this uh, from this person on transgender issues. And the president then says that it is immoral and should be illegal uh, for parents, for states, for anyone to intervene if a minor child wants to get. Uh, 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 gender uh, reconstructive surgery or or other kind of hormone uh, 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 procedures. This is the president saying that parents have no right uh, to uh, to to care for their children. And this, this is, is why this is insanity. This is why the 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 the, the key moment going into twenty twenty four happened this week. Because you have Joe Biden doing what he did and having this meeting and making these statements. At the same time, you had Ron DeSantis making the salient point that in Florida, yeah. we don't allow 15-year-olds to get tattoos, but we're going to allow them to have double mastectomies. Yeah. I mean, that sums it all up. But let me let me make I want to I want to prove this point about the redefinition of terms and how center right has now been labeled as extremist. MAGA. So well, yes. So, so this goes back to something in political science called the racial resentment index. And it's something that political science pollsters, now this is not pollsters, uh, sometimes you'll do this with the, with the major polling firms, but this is usually what's, what's done in academic, in the context of academic polling. And, and they will ask questions of people and they will ask a series of questions of, about things about taxes and government spending and social welfare programs and the concept of self-ownership and the ideas of the meritocracy. And this series of questions having to do with those things, if you believe in, if you believe in, in self-ownership, if you believe in the idea of, of making, you know, pulling oneself up by one's bootstraps, if you believe in the meritocracy, if you believe that social welfare programs have done more damage to people than they've helped, all of those things, that there needs to be welfare reform, 
Well, that is emblematic of something called the racial resentment index. It means you have racial resentment, according to political scientists. And, and because we know that racial resentment is a form of racism, that ra- and racism is extremism, therefore, if you identify as being on this scale of racial resentment, of things that were heretofore and are bedrock principles of a center-right movement, of a classical liberal approach to things, you're an extremist. That's, that's the truth. And, and on the same time, it is now a bedrock principle of the Democratic Party, right? We've seen this again in polling. They believe they prefer socialism over capitalism. That's extreme. Uh, they, they want to have abortion on demand up till the moment of birth. That's extreme. It's, it's I'm a comment there because it's barbaric yes. and it puts the United States or puts the Democratic Party uh, in, a, in a position where the entire civilized world yeah. doesn't do this. But my, my point in saying this is that, that it, you, you look at these situations and, and I defy you to tell me, uh, now there are, listen, there are people, there are, there, there, this is not to say that there aren't people who have extreme positions on the right. There are, but the bedrock principles of the right are not extreme positions. The bedrock principles of the left now are extreme positions. And, and because you're to the, uh, uh, because you are slightly to the right on the spectrum, uh, they think that you're worse than, than uh, Attila the Hun. Um, what was it, you know, give it a prime example of this this week, again, from the mouth of Joe Biden, Jerry. Yes. The space between airline rows. I know. Is it's now racist. racist. Yeah. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Look, Aaron Blake, who's a uh, liberal progressive uh, columnist for the Washington Post, uh, did a piece uh, uh, a week ago. Uh, and 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 the the gist is the democrat the progressives the media their linchpin their strategy for the 2022 midterms and going forward to the 2024 uh, uh, presidential is to make uh, to make the electorate make americans believe that republicans are a threat to democracy 100 this is Absolutely. this has been their theme so you see it in the j6 uh the january 6 committee uh you see it uh with the president his speech in philadelphia uh you see it constantly uh but here's the tr- the twist because the because the democrats have been focused on abortion critical race theory transgendered issues and gender identity uh, while ignoring and again jerry how could you say that well, the president gave a uh, gave a speech uh, again several days ago where he said that if Democrats sweep the elections in 2022, the first piece of legislation that he'll send to Congress is to codify Roe v. Wade. No, no. It, oh, hold on. Time out for a second. Let's be really clear about this so everybody understands. The president is saying that the bill is going to codify Roe v. Wade. Right. The legislation, in fact, goes far beyond of course, what was in right. Roe v. Wade. Go ahead, Jerry. Right. I'm sorry. And, and again, never mind the fact that the court has already ruled that the the feds are neutral on this issue and, 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 and any such law would be would be challenged immediately in the courts. But that's not the point. The point is, is that they're talking about gender identity. They're talking with uh, they're talking about race constantly. Uh, they're talking about abortion and what they're not talking about. Inflation, right. energy, grocery bills. And, and these issues, the border crisis, crime, uh, they're not talking about crime. And right. again, if you look at the top issues, 
from from polling of 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 likely voters. Uh, it's the economy, the economy and crime. And right. so Aaron Blake makes this point. This liberal uh, uh, writer for The Washington Post says the twist is, is that independent voters, swing voters. Yes. Instead of viewing Republicans as a threat to democracy, they don't. They right. they view Democrats as a threat to democracy. Right. And so their uh, their efforts have have uh, have uh, have. Uh, have hit them now Backfire. in the face, Boomer, which, it's is, which is yeah. why, thank you, which is why, again, if you look at the real clear uh, politics projections, uh, they're going to, the Republicans will pick up five governorships, they will pick up three Senate seats and pick up somewhere between 12 and 40 House seats. That's all on the Democrats. This is not because the Republicans have been uh, putting forward a great agenda or a great campaign. They haven't. This is the this is the Democrats self-destructing. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling up the uh, here. We want the what lunatic do you want, Jerry? fringe? Lunatic fringe. No, but go what do you here. want? Real clear politics. There oh, you go. So if you look at this, what do you want me to look at? I can pull. Well, up go 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 back for a second. Go back, and then just um, and go to the where here. So click on. See, this is battle for the Senate. Um. Click, Right Battle there. Sorry, where am I? Where click am I? On, click on. See, see the gray box in the Senate. Click on that. Yes. You know, it, it, does it say? Then, then, it, then it tells you the projection okay. is to pick up three seats. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. I'm sorry. That and the House and then the governorships. Yeah. Sorry. There we go. Battle for the Senate 2020. This is what I was looking for. It was covered up by my uh, my my Zoom my Zoom oh, yeah, text box there, it. Jerry. But yeah. So six toss ups, right? Um, um, Wisconsin. We, there's that whole build your own map thing. Yeah, but if you look at this, I mean, um, uh, Georgia likely going to be a pickup. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, let me go back. Well, the bottom line is, is that the we were talking about how Democrats might pick up a seat or two. Uh, the state of play right now is that the, uh, Republicans might pick up a seat or two. Right. And, and that's, and that, but I'm, and I'm, and I'm looking at this, right. So it's, it's um, um, yeah, the open, the open seat. What do you think? Listen, have you about this? Cause I'm, I'm very curious as to what your thoughts are as to what may happen. We're going to talk, by the way, we're going to talk more about this next week. Uh, next week. I think Jerry, you and I should create maps, um, um, you know, and, and come on here and, and sort of do our predictions next week is going to really be about the upcoming election, but I'm really interested in what you think is going to happen, uh, you know, in New Hampshire. Um, cause I, I, I think that there's a real opportunity here. Well, um, again, Rick, uh, Rick Scott, uh, put out a, uh, roadmap to 55 seats Yeah, and, 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 uh, New Hampshire, he has New Hampshire, uh, being key to that. Look, if the wave continues, if this thing continues, um, you're going to see all kinds of unexpected, uh, uh changes. You're going to see. Yeah. House seats that we never thought would go red, go red. And you'll see a couple of Senate seats do the same. Um, but again, you know, there's two weeks left. It, you know, all my friends on the GOP side, uh, stop counting your, your, your chickens yeah. before they're hatched. No, and, and get out there, by the way. Here. Oh, get yeah. out there and do what you need to do. I, I want to come back to something. Uh, again, sort of talking about the surreality of all of this and, and the denial of reality and the extremist positions that are out there. Um, you and I chatted about this earlier this week, which was the exchange 
that, uh, and I'm going to use, I'm going to steal this from, from Chris Plant from WMAL, Cringe Jean-Pierre, Cringe Jean-Pierre, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre had uh, talking about voter suppression and the issue of voter suppression and and talking about the extraordinary turnout that had happened in uh, it, that was happening and that is happening in Georgia. Right. Which which if you all I, I want to make sure you all remember this. Remember, was it Jerry? Was it last year? Is it only last year that Georgia enacted the piece of legislation, the, the election integrity legislation that they had? Yeah, and then and, there was and this major league baseball pulled the yeah. all-star game out of Atlanta. There, there was this extraordinary, the and there has been this extraordinary reaction on the part of the leftist media. Again, Jim, Jim Crow 2.0. Jim Crow 2.0, which is exactly how it came up in uh, in the White House briefing. And, and somebody pointed out to Corinne Jean-Pierre, well, wait a minute, you're having record voter turnout. And she made this extraordinary statement, which I will say this once again, because a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Orwellian nature of what was happening here or the Stalinist nature of what's happening here. I mean, you, you talk about the double speak. She said that you can have an extraordinary voter turnout and voter suppression happening at the same time. Which is, you know, as we as we decry politicians, and I've long said to me that the, the best definition of a politician is someone who can hold two vi- divergent viewpoints and speak two divergent viewpoints simultaneously. Um, that's this is emblematic of, of of that and shows you just how extreme they become. Oh yes, you know we 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 had this extraordinary reaction to a a straightforward piece of legislation in Georgia. To protect election integrity, right? Um, it had and, the opposite impact, and you're still claiming that it and, that it's and, and, suppression. And a, and a couple of things to add on to that. Number one, uh, in her response, she also was was asked to give some specific details, yeah, about the voter suppression, and she said, "Well, I'm not going to speak to the details." No. So, of not. so here, here's here's the problem: the Democrats make these claims that there is voter suppression going on. And then you ask for evidence and they say, well, we just know what's happening. Right. How do you know what's happening? I mean, even uh, Ted Cruz recently had uh, academics uh, come. uh, Well, he didn't have the the majority. The Democrats had these academics come and they all agreed that that voter suppression is real. And then asked to give us examples. One academic said, well, uh, in Texas, in your home state, uh, there's voter suppression. And Ted Cruz was like, well, that's news to me. Can you give me examples? Well, no, uh, it's because when they wrote the law, uh, they had in their hearts, they wanted to suppress oh, right. the vote. Right, right, wait, right. This is, wait, this so is... wait, so the vote, yeah. the law doesn't actually discriminate, doesn't create a circumstance for voter suppression, but because some members of the Texas legislature might have had a, a bad intent in their hearts that counts as evidence of voter suppression. Yes, right. it does. Well, this is well. This That's is insanity. Remember, this, this was the justification that they used to challenge the uh, the uh, uh, the immigration ban, the travel ban, at the you know the first weeks of the Trump administration in 2017. Well, yeah. you know it it it's not it's not a Muslim ban per se, uh, but we know that this was the intent in their hearts, and and ultimately, you yeah. Know, yeah. And and, and and here's the irony too, because uh, we still hear lots about. Uh, so-and-so, uh, like in Arizona, uh, uh, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Is a, is a dangerous, a threat to democracy because she's an election denier. Right. Just this week, 
Hillary Clinton said that the right wing, the Republicans are going to, quote, literally steal the 2024 presidential election. So right. she's a pre-denier. And then, and then add insult to injury, this is the same Hillary Clinton who in 2016 said that Trump was illegitimate, that the election was stolen. And then right. again, we could, we could go Russia from stole now, the election. we can go from now until the end of this podcast and not, and not name every single media outlet and Democrat who said 2016 was stolen. So again, is, is, is questioning the integrity of an election, is that is that a threat to democracy? Because if it is, then my goodness, uh, Hillary Clinton, Vice President Harris, Joe Biden, uh, the entire, uh, I mean, 77, Andrew, 77 Good. Democrats, 77 elected members of Congress, Democrats, refused to go to the inaugural uh, uh, in 2017 because they believed the election was hacked. Mar Maryland's own Jamie Raskin. Yes. Remember? On, on the J6 Under the J6 committee. Uh, voted against certification of the Electoral College votes in 2016. Yeah, and I, so it, did the chairman, Benny, what's yeah. his name? Benny Thompson. Benny Thompson. Thompson. He That's also right. uh, protested the Electoral College. Again, the, 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 the it's right in front of us. And and incidentally, that is going to be that is that is going to be the a major battleground, right? Depending on who wins in 2024 and what's the makeup of the House, what's the makeup of the Senate, and what's the makeup of, of the presidency. Because what's going to happen, Jerry, mark my words, is that the defense of the Electoral College is, and it's already starting to happen, is going to be folded up into this defense of democracy, right? The, the, this idea of, or more to the point, being well, anti -democracy. Again, You're right. But the yeah. irony, again, the, I, I use the word irony a lot because we're talking about politics. The irony is, is that the, the Democrats are of two minds here. Uh, they, they want to defend the Electoral College. Uh, when when it's being threatened from uh, you know from Republicans whatever that means but at the same time they want to uh, they want to disband the uh, get rid of the no I, I think by and large and again coming back to the extremist positions of today's Democratic Party the 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 idea that the that the electoral college and I'm going to say this listen by the way I'm going to say this the electoral college is anti democratic I that's the, the the nature of it because we're not a democracy we're a republic we're a democratic republic or a, a, a republican democracy however you want to do it we're not a pure democracy so the electoral college in the same way that much of the constitution is anti democratic and we'll get into what that means in a second um is there but but the point is that what they what they're going to do is they're going to fold in the defense of the electoral college into the threats to democracy aspect of this, right? There's, there's already is, been so much, hold on, already been so much groundwork laid about the, 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 again, a myth, the myth being perpetrated that the electoral college is a holdover of, of racist white supremacy or it's institutional racism. Um, let me, let me be really clear about something. Um, you know, our, uh, the, the entire, the entire structure of our, of our country, the legal structure of our country is is dedicated to the precept that that the founders were suspicious of democracy, and they were well, deeply well, yes, but, but, but you have to clarify that they were suspicious of democracy because they they worried about mob tyranny. Right, because that's exactly right. That's what I was getting to. They were worried about mob tyranny in the end. Remember, right, as we talk about things like hate speech, um, um, okay. I don't know why that did that, but it did. 
I have, um, no, idea. I have no idea what happened. My, my phone was listening to me for whatever reason. So, so what happens is that, um, that unpopular speech does not need the protections of the, I'm sorry, popular speech does not need the protections of the first amendment. Popular ideas don't need the protection of the first amendment. That's the whole point is that if they're popular, if the majority likes them and agrees with them, they don't need to be protected by the constitution. It's unpopular ideas. It's unpopular speech uh, that, that need to be protected. This is the essence. So the majority cannot turn around and say, I don't like your political beliefs. Therefore I'm going to outlaw them. I don't like your religious beliefs. Therefore I'm going to outlaw them. That's democracy, democracy, two wolves and a sheep deciding on what to have for dinner. And, and so as we get down to this battle over who's the threat to democracy, the very foundations of the Constitution, remember that guy, what is his name, uh, Ellie Mistal, um, uh, the, 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 the leftist pundit, they want to get yes. rid of the Constitution. Ultimately, sure. that's the goal is they want to they want to get rid of it. Well, again, you know, when Barack Obama, when Joe Biden and those in the White House now, when Democrats, progressives, the media, when they talk about we want transformation, take them seriously. I mean, again, you know, uh, we hear that a lot. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Hollywood celebrities uh, who like to involve themselves in politics, they like, to, they, they like transformational candidates yes. because what they really want is they want to transform, change, fundamentally change the, the United States. And here's, but here's, again, here's the, the danger. And this is the problem with our public school system. Uh, and again, we just recently had these uh, national tests. We know that our children can't read or write coming out of public schools, uh, that the learning loss is catastrophic. Uh, but regardless, even before COVID and this learning loss, uh, we know that we're not teaching proper history civics to our young people. Right. And, so, and so there are young people who think that, yes, we need a pure democracy because that's good and moral. Right. And again, it, this isn't just the fault of public schools and Democrats. I mean, George W. Bush, you and I had this, oh, yes. this running conversation where George W. Bush, the reason why he failed uh, in Iraq and, and ultimately in Afghanistan is because they were pushing democracy instead of pushing the the rule of law the uh, uh, private property rights respect for minorities religious liberty didn't push any of those items push democracy and what did democracy bring us in afghanistan it brought us the taliban yes right our enemies those who we fought to defeat were actually elected the people of afghanistan voted for tyranny yes Yes. And again, ultimately, that's why we have the Constitution, because it limits government. That's why we have, again, we have rights that are that, that pre-exist government, pre-exist even the Constitution. Uh, but we've enumerated some of those rights. And that's why the Bill of Rights is so important. That's why the Electoral College is so important. Yeah. That's why uh, these mechanisms to protect us from the mob. This is why on the left, uh, these people who want uh, well, it's not fair. You know, California has 50 million people, yet they only have two senators. Right. And they want the again, because what they really want is tyranny. Well, they right? want and they want they want power. I mean, they, you know, yeah, it, it, it all comes back to this is that is that is an ultimately this is the funny thing. Right. Um, you know, when we, when we talk about this and, you know, and I know we'll have listeners on the left will say, well, what about uh what about the the Republican stance on on abortion and body autonomy and 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 the woman's right to choose? Well, remember, at least from our perspective here on the show, and I am going to speak for for Jerry here for a second. 
we believe that there are two entities that are at work here, that there is the mother and then there is the child within that mother's womb and that both have rights and that those rights, when they come into conflict, well, this is how the law is supposed to weigh down anyway. So it's not, it's not just as simple as that. Uh, The point is that, that by and large, what we're talking about from the Democrats is they think, and the folks who want to be in charge of the democratic party, especially they think they know better than you do that they can make better choices right. than you can, right. whether it is uh, as, as big enough as to where to live and how to live specifically or, uh, to what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, uh, system you use to heat your home. This, uh, is the green, kind of, this is the green new deal. What kind of car you drive yes. to, to what kind of, what kind of straw you use, what kind of straw is made available to you. Let me tell you something real quick, Jerry. Was it whether, my, you, whether I, you could live in a, a, a single family home or a what I'm saying. family unit. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Where you live, yeah. how you live. Where, you know, um, I, I was at one of my favorite places in Washington, D.C. last Friday, Jerry. Ben's Chili Bowl. Ben's Chili Bowl. And I was very excited because for a long time, all Ben's had was those paper straws. And they, I, I, some, I don't know if they made a decision or it was just the right day, but I got and Maybe it was one of those soybean based plastic straws all i know is i got a legitimate straw that didn't fall apart after spending five minutes in my drink yeah, and, and again just so we can clarify too look i i want to conserve uh the environment i am an environmentalist right. i i but at the same time when you demonize plastic and you make it scarce you make it more expensive uh what you're also doing is having this trickle down impact on sure. the cost of healthcare, on, on the cost of so many other products, because plastic is needed. Do you know what the number one material uh, in a hospital uh, surgical room is? It's plastic. It's plastic. Of course. But, yeah. but this, is my, this is my point, Jerry, is that, you know, it's funny because you had the Biden administration, Joe Biden, the other day talking about this. Uh, and we made the joke about it earlier. The airline seats are racist issue. But yeah. what they're talking about is hidden fees. And what Joe Biden was trying to say is that that these kinds of hidden fees on things, which aren't really hidden, uh, disparately impact the poor. The reality is it's all of these other policies, whether or not it is raising the cost of energy, whether or not it is raising the cost right, of plastic, right, 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 whether or not right, it is right, raising the cost. Right. Of, I'm take 30 seconds. Maybe the, the airline doesn't have to go uh, go crazy and shrink down seats if we weren't making everything else for the airline industry so expensive. That's right. Um, and, 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 you know, it's funny. I want to, want to talk about this for a second. I want to talk about the science of petroleum real quick, my friend. Excellent. Because petroleum oil is not just used to make oil and gasoline. I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. Right. And part of the reason why gas is so damned expensive in America right now sure. is because we have, we, we are in America artificially, um, uh, limiting the amount of oil we are pumping out because of the policies of this administration. Sure. Because the Green New Deal is more important than anything else, including the war in, in, uh, in Ukraine. But, but, it, but it doesn't just make gasoline for your cars. But you, when you break down petroleum, there are byproducts. And some of those byproducts are used to make plastic. And mm-hmm. so if you no longer pump oil, plastic becomes more expensive. Which means Guess healthcare. What? And health and, and health therapies become more expensive. Right. Uh, and then also components of petroleum are used to make fertilizers. And if you're no longer pumping gas, fertilizer becomes more expensive, which means food becomes not just 
more expensive, but also more scarce, which has healthcare impacts. And again, we hear from the left all the time that there are these food deserts. Well, if it's if it's impossible for a grocery store to make a proper profit, uh, you're going to have we're going to see more. Also, we're going to see more food deserts. Can I can I carp about something else for a second? You know, and all I'm I'm all of you out there. I I blamed you on on Twitter. (laughs) Talking about making things more expensive. We've talked about crime. Jerry, one of my favorite things you all know, you know that I am. Is it a Wawa? No, it's it's uh, it's Wegmans. Oh, so Wegmans, did you ever do you ever go? Have you ever gone? You've gone shopping at Wegmans, right? I love Wegmans. Okay, of course, there's one so, right here, right? I there's one uh, three minutes from my house. You, you, but but Erica does the shopping in your house, right? She does, and she mostly goes to um, she goes to Safeway usually. Okay, well, that's Wegmans fine. is a after church on Sunday. Okay, let's go get some special stuff for brunch or for the week. Well, I will dinner. tell you something just real quick. I'm going to, we are not paid here by Wegmans, though. If Wegmans wants to support us, they're welcome to. Um, uh, the Wegmans uh, brand products, the no furls products on the shelves. Yeah, I when I go to Wegmans, if I can buy a Wegmans brand, whatever, I will buy Wegmans brand. It will save you money. I guarantee it. The point is, Wegmans had. For a couple of years, they had a scan as you go app, which was great. So as I would go shopping at Wegmans, oh, yeah, sure, of course, I, I would be yeah. packing my bags and I would be scanning doot, everything doot, in. Doot. Yeah, it was perfect. And all you do is you go to the self-checkout thing, you scan the barcode, it links up with your card, or actually well, it doesn't link up with your company, your account, you run your card and you're done. Bada bing, bada boom. It was fantastic. Well, some of you people, and I'm looking at you people out there. Some of you people were abusing this app and you were stealing too much and Wegmans closed down the app. Did you know that? Well, well again, uh, it's not just that, right? Uh, Erica was at Safeway. I talked about this on the radio and um, and uh, the checkout person who's been there forever and Erica has a friendship with her now, this uh, clerk from Safeway, uh, she was distraught and Erica was, what's wrong? And uh, uh, people come in, uh, mostly high, wow. in, this, in this case, high school kids, uh, the high school's right there after school, they come in and they just steal. Oh, man. And they walk out and yeah. no one stops them. So this isn't just a Wegmans problem. Uh, this is a, this is, uh, look. Uh, yeah, but I'm what, just saying what, that for, in, for in the Philadelphia, the, I mentioned Wawa to you. In Philadelphia, the Philadelphia yes. metro area, uh, Wawa had to close down nine stores. Right. That's right. Because they couldn't earn a profit any longer. Yeah. Yeah, and again, what what bothers me is is that there's such economic ignorance. We don't understand, but it's, uh, that it's that not... these you know like, you know, like all yeah. these policies. Yes, that's what we're getting Attacks on energy, uh, uh, on 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 fossil fuels, and all the rest have this trickle down impact that rate raises the price significantly on average Americans but and raises also, the price, yeah. but also hold on, hold on. Cause let's come back. I don't want to leave. The, I don't want to leave this point. Cause you, you, this is we've, we've, we've stumbled into something that's, that's vitally important here, which again, you talk about the disparate impact on the poor and frankly, minority populations of sure. uh, the issue of food deserts here. Um, and the disconnect between the extreme positions of the left and what happens in the real world, right? You have the Marilyn Mosby's of the world. And I'm going to say this, the, the George Soros Open Society Foundation pushing prosecutors to no longer prosecute low-level crimes, low-level theft crimes. So, so people know that they're no longer going to get prosecuted for shoplifting. So what happens is these stores are raided. Wawa then has to close the stores or, or the, uh, the, the 
whether it's the CVS also in yeah, Baltimore. And New York City, they're closing uh, uh, Rite Aids. Yeah, Rite Aid and Dwayne Reed are closing yeah, yeah. right and left. And, and and so and so, who is impacted? The people in these communities who are actually the good citizens who are doing these things. Yeah, and, and, you know, years ago, someone very close to my family, a family member, uh, voted uh, uh, enthusiastically for his second term, Barack Obama. Yes. And I said, why? Well, because he's charming. He's very intelligent. Uh, I think he's doing a good job and all the rest of it. And I said, well, you know that my family, we were paying about $800 a month in, on the private market for health insurance for a, for a pretty good plan, about 800 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's a, Jerry, that's very expensive. Well, thanks <laughs> to Obamacare, uh, that plan was canceled and I'm now paying $3,600 a month. Jesus. You know, I talked to someone just recently. Um, I know that a lot of folks receive these subsidies and, and all the rest of it with Obamacare. But I talked to someone, again, a, a, a normal couple with kids. Uh, their premium is $5,000 a month. Right. With, with uh, what I'm assuming is a very high deductible. In with the a high deductible. Yeah, I mean, right. we, we were paying $3,600 a month and, uh, and our deductible was That's $60,000 a year. That is a college tuition. Yeah. Every year. And so I said to my, I said to this close family member, uh, not not immediate family. I'm like, so your vote, like you're voting based yeah. upon your 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 watching Good Morning America and, and this kind of feel good, he looks good in a suit kind of uh, mantra. And the fact of the matter is, he's bankrupting me. Yes. So so my point is, is that mayors and governors and presidents and members of Congress can have a real either positive or negative impact. A lot of our libertarian friends say, well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Sure, of it course matters it does. very personally. Okay. You know something? And that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Cause I don't know if we've gotten into, into this situation. Um, and I'm going to call him out directly on this. Um, because good night, you know, everyone, you good night, everybody. I'm going to pull that up in a second. Next time you're talking, I'm going to pull up uh, uh, the animaniacs, but by, by the way, <laughs> great conversation I had with Jerry yesterday. Because when Fetterman said that, it reminded me of of um, of Yakko Warner from the Animaniacs. I asked yes. Jerry, I said, Jerry, have you ever watched the ever watched the Animaniacs in the 90s? And Jerry says, no, J Andrew, I'd gotten married and was having kids <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s. <laughs> so so, um, you what know, year, what year were you married? I was married in 98. All right. All right. All right. So I was yeah, married in 93. But, but my wife and I would watch the Animaniacs, you know, <laughs> you know went on Saturday mornings when she was in med school. So, but my point, my point is this though, I got very distraught when I heard an interview that Boyd Rutherford did on a certain Baltimore radio station, which I will not name. Um, and, and Boyd Rutherford, who's the Lieutenant governor of Maryland, for those of you who don't know, uh, he was, nobody knows he because was, he's, he hasn't done much. And, 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 that gets me. and, and Hogan hasn't done apparently much. Boyd Rutherford was like, like friends with a bunch of people that I'm friends with part of my Ben's chili bowl crowd, which I had no idea. Anyway, my, my point is, is that Boyd Rutherford was asked directly about the issue of Dan Cox. Now setting aside Dan the Cox fact is that the Republican nominee for governor in, perfect. in Maryland and, and who is going to, who, who may do better than expected given the political climate, but it's not going to beat Westmore. Um, right. And, and, it, you know, in this, in a situation in which, Larry Hogan did zero during the primary. You have Boyd Rutherford going on WBAL and saying, no, we're not, I'm not supporting Dan Cox. I, I don't, I think he said, I'm not speaking for the governor who, who the hell knows, but he said, you know, there are, there are certain 
what was it? It was it was not it was not policy issues, but it had to do with issues of of approach and style. It was essentially saying that that because he didn't there was a, a moral issue at work with who Dan Cox was, uh, that he couldn't support Dan Cox. And and it's like it is it is astounding to me how otherwise rational people will choose the flash over substance, you know, and make well, and then also and, and just be dishonest about it because right. he, he, here are the facts. The facts are is Dan Cox, a married man. Uh, hey Jerry, I'm sorry, Dan Cox, a married man. Sit back a little bit. You've somehow gotten there. You go. Your camera went out of focus. There oh, we go. Uh, uh, Dan, Dan Cox, a married some man. Facts, some facts about Dan Cox are he's married, has a large family. He supports his family. He's an attorney. Uh, he questioned the 2020 election. He organized a bus for some of his constituents to, to go uh, to the uh, rally, not to the not to the mob attack on the, the Capitol, but the rally. Uh, and, and he has questioned the 2020 election. Uh, but however, on on education, on taxes, on economic growth, on how to deal with regulations and entrepreneurs, uh, how to deal with crime and policing. Uh, he's absolutely uh, center right and, and correct on those issues. Yeah. Uh, he also would be a check on a, a very progressive and, and increasingly progressive radical uh, uh, state legislature. Remember, Democrats in the state of Maryland really have a, it's one party rule other than right. other than Larry Hogan. And so, again, what is his moral issue? I, I'll tell you what it is. It really is one party rule, period. Go ahead. Right. But the, 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 the moral issue is that is that he questioned the 2020 election, that he's right. pro-Trump. The fact that Dan Cox is pro-Trump, that's why Rutherford and why Hogan won't support him. But here's the problem. And, you know, and, and, and of course, Trump is this evil person because he questioned the 2020 election. Well, remember, I mean, Trump was an evil person before he questioned right. the, the, the. But this election. is but this is the reason Hogan gives and 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 Rutherford gives. But the fact of the matter is, Wes Moore was just endorsed, did a virtual event with Hillary Clinton. Right. Hillary Clinton uh, is uh, an election denier and a, a pre-denier. Someone called my radio show and said, "Well, Hillary Clinton didn't didn't attack the Capitol." Well, okay. I'll give you that. I'm not so sure if Donald Trump attacked the Capitol either, but regardless, right. uh, we seem to forget, we memory hold that in 2017, uh, radical protesters, Antifa and others uh, came to Washington, D.C. with the purpose of right. stopping the swearing in ceremony. Absolutely. There was rioting. There was over 200 arrests. Andrew, get a load of this. I remember this. 3,000 law enforcement officers from around the region, as far as New Jersey, had to come to restore order. And 5,000 National Guardsmen had to come to Washington, D.C. That was, oh. right, that was an attack on our democracy. But it, no one yes. talks about it. But my but point no, is, and, But sorry, also, it, no, no, just the opposite, right, Jerry? Because there was all kinds of criticism levied at the Trump administration for bringing in you know, and, and for congressional Republicans for bringing in the National Guard to, 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 and, to secure the Capitol. Again, I, w- I want to be very clear about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and again, go back, trust but verify. The purpose of those protests was to stop the swearing in. Right. All right. Now, so what's the difference between let's take the J6 committee at its at its at its word. Uh, they're concerned that the rioters on January 6, 2000, 
2020, you know, 2021, 2021, they wanted to stop the seating of the Electoral College. They wanted to disrupt democracy. Okay, fine. Well, if that's true, I don't think it is. But then why aren't we concerned with these groups that are still out there, by the way, uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa and other groups that had as their purpose to stop the swearing in or Jerry, let's, on let's, democracy. Let's, let's let's go. Let's let's take it even. Let's go get even closer to the 2020 election. Right. How about the folks who were rioting in Lafayette Square? Sure. And, and breached the White House, and breached the White House. Sure. You know, can you what do you think would have happened? Right. I go know, ahead. But, but I want to get back to the, the original point. Sure. Which yeah. is. Uh, uh, what's his name? Boyd Rutherford. Boyd Rutherford is a liar. Yeah. Because if he had a moral problem with Dan Cox, he would have double the moral problem with Wes Moore and the Democrats who also uh, attacked democracy. Well, and more to the point, you see if what they, I mean? If, yes, and more to the point, if they had such a moral problem with with Dan Cox, they would have done far more to make sure that Kelly Schultz got the nomination. And done yes. more to, you know, and, and that, and that, and that, that, you know, that is the thing. Well, Kelly Schultz really, should have done more to, to she, she should have done more to. Well, to sure. But, but, but I mean, you know, but my point in, in, you know, in all of this is, you know, and you, you have been, you have been far more critical over the years of, of Larry Hogan than I have. Um, and, and I, and I, and I say that as a compliment, Jerry. Um, one of the things that Jerry has criticized and long time criticized Larry Hogan about, let me, let me sort of take a step back. When Larry Hogan ran in 2014 for the governorship for the first time around, he did it having spent at least a year earlier building up a grassroots network, something called Change Maryland, which is frankly something that I had I had talked to, not about Change Maryland, but I talked about a concept about, and I'm not saying Larry Hogan took my idea, but multiple people were having the same idea at the same time. The idea was to create a grassroots network, present an alternative vision for how Maryland can be and run on that. Larry Hogan gets elected, and then nothing is done with Change Maryland over the next eight years. Nothing. Whether it was to build the Republican majority in uh, the both houses of the Maryland legislature or to bring people to Annapolis to support the governor's efforts, Change Maryland was a one-and-done deal. And had they kept it and sustained it for eight years, then they could have turned around and used it to help Kelly Schultz run before she became governor, right? What should have happened is Kelly Schultz should have resigned from being Maryland secretary of commerce had to, and then taken over change Maryland and, and built up a grassroots network that way, but they didn't do it that way. No, um, and, and, and again, change Maryland um, could have been used to your point to uh, to break the Democrats' supermajority, veto-proof yes. majority in Annapolis. Look, friends of ours, um, at the time it was Red Maryland, I had Brian Griffiths on my radio show, and I, and I was critical of the governor. Yeah. And I asked Brian straight out, why should I vote for Larry Hogan? Like, what's his legacy? Like, what's the difference? I, I, I could just stay home. I'll vote down ticket. I'll vote for yeah. the delegates. I'll vote for Congress. But why should I? Why should I bother voting for Larry Hogan? And what he said to me made sense. He said he said for two reasons. Number one, he's still a check on Annapolis. He right. won't. He can't stop everything, but he can stop some things. And the, and Brian was right about that. The second thing was, he said that 
Larry Hogan is prepared. He's been preparing for this fight over the uh, redistricting, over gerrymandered yeah. uh, congressional districts. And, and he said, Jerry, if we can get a fair congressional map, if we can get a fair legislative map, not that Republicans will get the majority in, in either the state house or in the congressional delegation, but it would be fairer. Instead of being no. one, one, you know, one member of Congress Republican, there might be two or maybe three. And in, and in the legislature, some, again, uh, we, we talk all the time about Maryland and other states, the congressional delegation being gerrymandered. In the state of Maryland, the, uh, the state districts you know, the, the, uh, are also gerrymandered to give Democrats a massive advantage. But here's my point. He didn't do it. And maybe if yeah. he had changed Maryland, maybe if he had built a network, maybe he could have done it. Yeah. And so, again, I'll, I'll say this to all our friends who are no labels, moderate Republican, Larry Hogan should run for president. Larry Hogan has done nothing, yeah. nothing uh, to make Maryland a better place that's lasting. There's absolutely zero legacy. Larry Hogan, uh, uh, the first six months of a Westmore administration in the state of Maryland, it would be as if Larry Hogan never existed. Right. Right. And it, 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 it's one of those things where and, he, and then he squandered so much. He's still so much. He 60% approval rating even now. Imagine two weeks out. There are still two weeks. Imagine if Larry Hogan says, you know what? I have a change of heart. I looked at his tax plan. I looked at his education plan. I looked at his crime plan. And Dan Cox can govern and right. lead this state. And, you know, it gets down to this idea, right? If Larry Hogan wants to run for president, the most presidential thing he could do was to would be to turn around and say you know something we may disagree on issues of 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 style we may disagree on Donald Trump but Dan Cox is right on these other things Andrew, but I have a Larry Hogan for you. You're right but, yeah. when Mitt Romney got the nomination in 2012 uh, he wasn't my choice but what we were told what were what were conservatives told to do with Mitt Romney well, he was he was better than than the alternative. Yeah, vote for him. and and and, him. and also right, and then he, he you know because that one when Paul Ryan was still uh, uh you know considered a nominal conservative, you know they put they put Ryan on the ticket, um and that was supposed to help uh, assuage us there, and the reality right, right, right of right, course right. would be you know would would Romney have been better than a second term of Obama? Sure, of course, he yeah, would have. Right, I but mean the point this, this my point is is that um when a moderate gets the nomination for Congress, for state delegate, for president. We're told to suck it up. We're told to, to rally. And then here's an example. Again, Dan Cox on the issues. Uh, he is he is very mainstream uh, GOP. And this governor, Larry Hogan, and again, this guy, we don't mean to be trust provincial. this guy. We don't mean yeah. to be provincial. But here's my prediction. No labels has already I, set yeah. the set the set the motion in in progress uh, to be on the ballot there. What they've said is, is that if Trump gets the nomination in 2024, we're going to run someone against uh, sure. run against him. I don't believe that. I believe they're going to run someone regardless. And I think it's going to be Larry Hogan, regardless Larry Hogan. Here's my prediction. Larry Hogan will be on the ballot in 2024, but as a no labels uh, uh, standard. Ballot. I think that's I think that's probably right. Or 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 you, you know, so you don't think he'd go down the road and try to get the libertarian nomination? No, no, I think he'll run as no labels because, frankly, the no labels uh, have have better infrastructure than 
than and, the libertarian and, uh, and i will party. well they i well i think i think that's that that's true and uh, but i also think that the libertarians have now wisened up well under the new libertarian leadership and they're not going to well, and, and again this is very interesting hold on hold on let me, let me i think this is the real reason why larry hogan is not running for this is the real reason why larry hogan isn't supporting dan cox yeah. it's not because of a moral issue or a character issue it's because this will be his bona fides uh, to run as sure. an independent in 2024. Yeah, that, 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 or part that, of it. That makes part sense. of his bona fides. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I appreciate that. No, I was just listening. I was just going to say is that it, it uh, essentially the Libertarian Party is under new leadership, and I don't think they're going to allow the party to be used as a refuge for people who are rejects from the other two parties in no, terms the, of their but, national candidates. But again, candidate. I'll say this. The, the Libertarian Party is still a bunch of rejects, <laughs> regardless if they have William Weld. William Weld uh, uh as their as their remember evan uh uh, uh evan mcmuffin yes is uh is a libertarian uh yeah. who was endorsed by democrats it, by the way by the way it's kind of it's by the way it's kind, kind of hard to be a libertarian and be a a former cia case officer or whatever the hell he did for the cia um the, the, the libertarians but, are a uh are a threat to democracy <laughs> I appreciate that, Jerry. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. Hey, hey. So let me, let me, let me. I wanted to share this with you. Here is, here is as I was talking about the animaniacs. Oh, good lord. Let me do this now. Can our listeners hear this? Yeah, they will be able. They will be able to hear this. Hold on. All right, very good. Um, because I want to share sound as well. Here. Ooh, a giant Pez dispenser. Want one? Please. Stop playing with my bust. Get out, everybody. And give me back my paperweight. Okay, but you have to wait a while. Good night, everybody. You're a what? A pianist. I never I, watched this. Good night, everybody. You never Yo, watched this? Never. Conjugate. I'm seeing it for the first time right now. I never even kissed a girl. No, no, no. It's easy. I'll conjugate with you. Good night, everybody. There you See, go. The That's point is, I, I told Jerry. Let me let me turn that off. I stopped it. Never, my goodness. Never. This you're is probably, like you watching She-Hulk and telling me it was good. You, it was did horrible. you watch it? You didn't like it? I started it, and uh, and also, um, I, I saw a tweet by our friend uh, Christian Toto, and he just said he completely gave up on it. It was ridiculous. No, it gets better, and the ending is great, and I loved it. It was fantastic. All but right, my we'll point see. is, the Animaniacs. So uh, this is what I was telling Jerry. Have a character anytime, that looks like a uh, Fetterman. Any any time the there Fetterman. was a. Is there a character on there that looks like Fetterman? Well, I don't know why. why, why <laughs> I'm so confused as to why you showed it then. No, the point is, is that it's the good night, everybody. I, 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 because you know when Jerry and I were talking yesterday. Oh yes, yes. Good night, yes, everybody. Yes. Every oh, time yeah. that they would so immediately when Fetterman gets up there on on camera at this debate that, says good night, everybody. I immediately thought about the Animaniacs and 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 uh, uh, Yakko Warner saying good night, everybody. Um, the the actually because this is a this is a good segue into the end of the show um i like she hulk but the best show on tv by the way jerry and i know you're a fan of paul reiser by is, the way I, I didn't like reboot either no no it's it's not good oh i loved it it's i so watched funny. the first six episodes five ep- I, no, I, there I, only I, eight I episodes no no, I, no i'm sorry i watched the entire thing no and it was horrible oh i loved it but why i thought it was funny i thought the writing was really good i love paul reiser it was, I it was, Paul I, Reiser is great in it. Yes, but it's not. It's bad. I love though you didn't like the writers' room. It's just bad TV. Oh, I didn't. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Not one. Not one laugh moment. 
Oh no, no. I, I, I laughed hysterically. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was terrific. Are you going to go see Wakanda forever? No, no. You do. Are you done? Are you done with Marvel? I'm done with Marvel. Yeah. I'm done with Marvel. Are you done? But you're also not going to see black Adam. I take it. Are you done with superhero movies? Well, black Adam looks so stupid. Yes. And, uh, and a friend of mine, um, reviewed it a friend of mine someone a radio person reviewed it and said that on a scale of one to ten in terms of 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 effects of uh of of the wow factor in terms of the movie it's a 10 the story is a one yeah no i i uh, i have no interest in seeing that i'm gonna see we're gonna see i'm, I'm sure we're gonna and see what, what is again like why these obscure characters now well remember that the approach that dc is taking is very different than marvel marvel is all directed from the top kevin feige's in charge yeah. and and which is all an element well, the kevin dc movies have been terrible uh wonder okay. woman 1984 was maybe the worst movie i've ever seen yeah it was it was awful but my point my point is this like <laughs> also by the way um uh anything that that uh, Kristen wig is in is just is just terrible but the um Kristen Wiig Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but she was in that one movie with the uh, the Martian. That the Martian. The She's okay in the Martian. But yeah, yes. but that movie was good. Yes, love, love, love. You love and I Martian. usually agree on this stuff. So, but my point is, so with with the DC universe, apparently anybody can come to if if the folks at uh, Warner Brothers like the idea for the DC movie, yeah, they'll let you make it. And it doesn't have to have any connection to any other story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's which is why you had the weird. All, why you have three different Jokers. And they all go in different directions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, that's. Well, that. I have no idea where the where the where the Marvel thing is now. Well, right. I mean, it, it's funny because what I was kind of hoping is that after I guess we got Quantum Mania coming out, which looks good, Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm I'm hoping there is some opportunity to resurrect. Is Paul Rudd in that? I, I go see that because Paul Rudd. That's yeah, Paul Rudd. It's Paul All Rudd right. and Michelle Pfeiffer, who no longer looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. She actually looks like now looks like Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, she's uh she's the mother, right? Yeah, she's. Is she's Michael she's Douglas in this one? Michael Douglas. They're all in it. I, I see. I, go, yeah. I, I that I'll, that I'll, I'll pay to see. Um, and then there's apparently a guardian, not apparently there is a guardians of the galaxy holiday the special the, oh, holiday, special. holiday special. It's going to be See, on Disney plus Marvel's messing up. They have all these damn shows. You can't keep up. Uh, and I think like, again, I, 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 you like she Hulk. I think she Hulk just makes Marvel uh, unwatchable. No, I don't. And, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I thought it was clever. I thought it was interesting. But what I want them to do is the problem is, and it gets down to what you were just talking about, which is when you lose the two most interesting characters in Marveldom, Captain America and Iron Man, then it, it something is is very much lost. I, I, I did like um, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Did you like that? Did you ever watch that? Never watched it. All right. So I liked that, and I was part of my problem to too. Is is that Marvel's now. Uh, uh, like Disney, we're getting these, you know, these non-binary, we're getting gender identity. And I, I just, I just can't, I can't abide by any of that stuff. Well, I mean, certainly in the, in the, in the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you don't really, you don't get any of that. Well, I didn't see um, so. But it's well, all, it's, it's everywhere anyway. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, that's, that, that's the thing. Well, actually, you know, so let's talk about this for a couple of minutes. Because I, I, I don't believe you are a Broadway show kind of a guy. <laughs> really? But I had this. What yes, makes I you think know. that? I don't know. But I had this conversation with somebody because that's the in thing to do right now with everything in what? Broadway is that you is that they revive these musicals. Now, 
Now, the Music Man, which is about to close, uh, they went old school with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. But on the revival of, of um, uh, Stephen Sondheim's company, they gender bent it. And the main character, the protagonist, Bobby, is now Bobby with an I and she's a woman. See, I don't mind that. Look, I don't mind being interesting. No, and, no, no. But, and, no, but and the point is they're characters. doing it with they're doing it with everything, Jerry. So right. now no, the, what, what, what really bothers me though is isn't the isn't the well, this is a traditionally male role, now it's female. I, I don't you know, I, I don't even care that like in Hamilton that you have um uh you have persons of color playing I don't mind that uh, either play, playing uh, uh playing the founding fathers and such. I don't care. What I care is when they put this gender identity, transgendered nonsense, and it's preachy, uh, and there's religiosity. Right, to it's it. the concept of yeah. you will be made to care. But I, yeah. my point in all of this is there is a production of 1776 that is all women, um, and and it's it's a whole gender bending, and it's a modern dress version of it. So it's George uh, George Jet Washington. Uh, well, no, I think it's still George Washington, but George Washington is played by a woman. And and, it, and apparently it's just it is. So I, I, that's dumb. I've got a I've got a I've got a problem. With it. By well, the way, do you, ever see it? you have you, a problem with Andrew? You have a problem with that because it's dumb. That's right. Yeah. Well. Yes. Um. And I mean, and do I do hope... the, do seventeen seventy six with women. Uh. But but it, you know, well, like twelve the, angry Alexandria men, Hamilton. Twelve angry men. I wouldn't have had a problem if twelve angry men became twelve angry women. Right. Um, and I don't mean that in any kind of a snarky way. I just, I just, I just, you know, it would, it would be fine. 1776 is a little different. Um, well, the but, thing is 1776, our founding fathers weren't uh, dancing and singing. So that's ridiculous too. I mean, well, of course, but on the other hand, you know, if, if we're going to have, we're going to have George fun, Washington listen, sing. Fun, fun little facts. It could be Georgette. Well, George Washington does, isn't actually in, you've never seen 1776. Have I have, you? I forget. Okay. What, you know, what's you know, his name for, from, as far uh, as musical is in it, right? What's his name? What? Who's the guy that who, who it's, was? It's John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin yeah, Franklin. The actor, the, the actor original who, cast was William Daniels as, yeah. as, uh, as John Adams and Henry De Silva as Ben Franklin, and then the guy who played the White Shadow um, played uh, played Thomas Jefferson. There's no Washington in it. No, because Washington wasn't at the. He was Washington is a figure behind the scenes. Washington wasn't at the Continental Congress, you know, with the debates of the Declaration of Independence. He was out in the field fighting the Revolution. So the Continental Congress receives dispatches from him in the field, and they are complaining about him being depressing all of his all of his all of his messages to congress are dour and and he's like i you know i, I my, my men are a rabble i have no i have no money i have we have no food it sounds like me now yes 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 it's a, instead of it being eeyore-ish jerry it's uh, george biden, washington biden inflation you know i have no money my family's a, a rabble <laughs> but my point i was going to say this so weirdly enough little fun little fact factoid jerry yeah. Um, is that is that as far as musicals go, I think 1776 holds a record for having the longest stretch within a musical of having no musical numbers happen. It's like 45. There's like 45 minutes well, out of this musical where there's no music. Uh, Elvis, Presley's, Elvis Presley's uh, uh, last movie, too. Yes. I think it was it's technically a musical, but I think there's only one musical number. So, Jerry, um, hey, I'm hey, going to stand up for a second, Andrew, because I got I to gotta get something over here. But oh, okay. The show. Oh, go well, there you go. I yeah, was gonna. Go, I'm gonna. Go. I'm gonna. Listen. I'm gonna speak your praises because we're gonna sum up. So um, right, give me go, sum up. But I need to go over here for one second. That's fine. Go over. Go over there for a second, Jerry. I, I appreciate that. 
Um, just so you all know, uh, part of the reason why, first of all, I want to thank you all for your continued listenership. Uh, we have, we've surpassed a major milestone in terms of downloads a couple of weeks ago. I need you all to do more though. If you are listening to the show, I need you to let your friends know, uh, your family members know, uh, I need you to let everybody know that you're listening to the show and where you're listening to it. So whether you're watching it on YouTube or whether or not you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple podcasts or transistor or wherever, let folks know about the podcast, leave a review. Um, um, but that helps us, uh, down in the long run. Forgive me. No worries. Um, you know, and I apologize for the last couple of weeks, you know, we've had the bonus episodes, which are good. Jerry's taken on a couple of new responsibilities. He's doing more for the folks at real clear. He's now been named editor of real clear policy, uh, which is a huge feather in his cap. We're very, very proud. I'm very proud of my friend for, for doing this. Uh, also with the, uh, the end of the baseball season, uh, they are Jerry's doing uh, uh, more, more broadcasting on WBAL. I, I tell you one thing, uh, yes. my show, most recent show. And again, go to WBAL, go to the website, go to podcast, go to Jerry Rogers. But the show I did this week, uh, I mean, just yesterday is, is in fuego. It's yes. just, it's, 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 like just, it. it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's everything you want people to say and they're afraid to say it. And I said it. That's that's good. And that's the way that's the way it should be. It's what I've always told you that I think you ought to do Uh, on my end. uh, The the lunch hour podcast is up there and it's out there. We're an episode. I think it's five now. Most recent episode. uh, Congressman Andy Biggs last week for free speech week. We talked to Heather Lauer from People United for Privacy. So go and, and, and check that out as well. We will be back next week. With a new episode prior to the election, Jerry and I will give our picks, our predictions yes. uh, for what's going to happen on election day. And we're probably, we, pro- we probably are going to do something on election night, Jerry, aren't we? We, we? we should. Yeah. And I again, I when's election night? It's two weeks from this last Tuesday, two wow. days ago. Holy yes. Cow. We are, we are right up on, wow. on the precipice here. Hey, real quick, before is, is, I let is, you go. Is, is election day like Christmas for you? No. It is. It, there's a certain I mean, kind of vibe. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, I want to. I do want to do something that night. Uh, Halloween. What are you guys doing? I mean, uh, how many kids it's do you a, usually it's get? A, it's number one. The neighborhood. Well, the last couple of years because COVID, it's been less. But uh, we have a very good neighborhood for Halloween. Lots of uh, visits to the house. Neighbors. Uh, uh, I have a neighbor up the street who uh, puts a, a fire outside, and the neighbors kind of gather. Erica does her Halloween, her Halloween happy hour. You see, long story short, uh, when we were kids living in New York and New Jersey, we would trick or treat on our way home from school. Wow. Like, I mean, I mean, early, like three 30, four o'clock treating. Oh yeah. And we went all night. Okay. Uh, But however, so, and we moved to Maryland and around six, I don't know, six o'clock or five 30, the girls were little. Yeah. Uh, They were like, they were like three and one or four and two. And they went to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. And we went to, to a neighbor's house and she yelled at us. Yeah. Cause you were too early. We were too early. We we're like, what? It's five 30. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's too early. So anyway, so what Erica did was, um, was she, uh, we have a new tradition over the last 22 years or 20 years. Uh, and that is, uh, Erica's, uh, Erica's Halloween happy hour. Nice. And so what we do is she makes all these foods, but it's a uh, Hollywood theme. So nice. it's, it's meatballs uh, uh, with olives in it, like for eyeballs. Sure, and of course. Uh, you know, whatever. And it's all yeah, it's really, it. really good. 
And then we invite people over and, and nice. we have, you know, adults can have a, 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 an adult beverage and the kids, we take turns go trick or treating and all the rest. So yeah, it's a big, it's a big, and my kids love it. Uh, by dope. the way, uh, did you ever see that movie? Before, is it called Before Sunrise? Ethan uh, Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I haven't seen so, it, but I know so, it. So, so Bridget is go- and her boyfriend Jack are going as that couple. In the nice. Movie. So but we again, are. That, that's that's like a Langer thing. I told we are that. we are going we are going to a Halloween party uh, on Friday what night. What are you dressing as? My wife. Uh, we're going as uh, Doctor Frederick Frankenstein from Young Frankenstein and his assistant Inga. I'm gonna I, well very similar. Uh, Eric and I are going as I'm going as the Fetterman. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I told Jerry to. I told Jerry to do this, um, but we're going to go over on. Monday. I don't get dressed up. We no, neither do I. For the most part, we're going to this party though. Um, you going to put little things in your over here? No, no, no. Because remember, I'm going as the doctor. I'm going to. So I, I actually have a, a blonde uh, Gene Wilder wig that I'm going to wear. Great. You gotta. You gotta. Oh, I'll gotta, take pictures, oh, and then I've good. got a, a, a name tag that's going to say Doctor Frederick Frankenstein. Excellent. I love on it. it uh, MD PhD. And, and uh, Monday, so we now go and do uh, Halloween at my in-law's house. Uh, I put up a bunch of inflatables at my father-in-law, my, my in-law's house. I bought a new inflatable, Jerry. Yeah. It's a 10, foot Paul, a 10 foot tall Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You missed what I said. What did you say? You said, I bought a new inflatable. And I said, what's her name? What's her name? Yes. Yes. Her name Sorry, is. Sorry, Mom. Puff. Yes. Joke. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we never, we never, <laughs> all right. see that's the context on the animaniacs they would say something off color not everyone and anyway, oh i get it night, yes, everybody yes, yes. <laughs> all right jerry so sunday if it's sundays it must be jerry if it's sunday it's uh jerry we're going to do the liberty update we're going to do the jerry's just right it'll be three hours of rock and roll baby yes uh and what do you want people to do my friend find the truth plant your feet and stand firm Have a great week, everybody. Have a happy, happy Halloween. Have fun, please. And by all means, stay safe.